The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. great to have you listening. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McRae. Pastor P is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Where did the Pastor P come from? Well, it's, it's interesting that uh, when I was pastoring my congregation, uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Master P <laughs> who had that moniker, and people started calling me Pastor, Pastor P. P. Okay. And so it just stuck, and it was very, you know, it was quick, and it, and it rolled off the tongue real nicely. Yeah. So absolutely. It's so. funny how those things develop, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, regard, we are so happy to have you as a part of this, as our host here on this program each week. All the all the people you bring uh, to, the, to the table here is very interesting. Well, I'm blessed and highly favored, as I often say, so celebrating 24 years of ministry, but all of the people that I've met along the way and who I've had the opportunity to work with uh, has enhanced my life and my ministry. And we're going to talk to a gentleman today who's one of those individuals. Yeah, let's let's talk about how this came about. Uh, Jeff was with us recently here in the program, not too long ago. Right. Reverend Jeff and I had a conversation and we talked about chaplaincy and and the dynamic of spiritual care and support. He's a hospital chaplain. He's a hospital chaplain. Uh, He works out of the cancer Treatment Centers of America Hospital in Arizona, in Phoenix area, and I've worked with him closely with the Our Journey of Hope program. He's one of our Our Journey of Hope facilitators and trainers. And when we finished that original conversation, uh, as often is the case when I'm done, there was some spillover that, and we started talking about, again, the price of ministry and sacrifice and what it takes uh, to really go through the day-to-day uh action and activity of hearing and listening and supporting cancer patients and carrying their burdens. And this spawned a second conversation that I felt was worthy to be recorded. Yeah, it's very candid. What we're going to hear is a very candid conversation between two men. I mean, you both care deeply about what you do. You both are called um, of God to what you do. Yep. You serve people. Yep. But there is some sacrifice, some some you know cost to be paid here. Well, just like anything else, anything worth doing, as my mom used to say, is going to cost you something. Yeah. You know, there's there's no free admission. You don't you know you don't get to just get on the ferry for free. So we talk about the great and the glory of God and how the Spirit of God can use us, and He does, and He will, and He continue to He continues to do that. But there's a cost to ministry to supporting cancer patients and their caregivers, and we started talking about in some cases the mental, emotional, and potential family dynamics of how do we separate and how do we uh, leave work at work and then go home and be present for our children and our wives, and more importantly, what we need to do to keep ourselves rested and rejuvenated in the midst of carrying the burdens of God's people. Think about Jesus, that he spent three quarters of his time alone, Mm. one quarter of his time in front of people. Mm -hmm. Because often when he was finished ministering, feeding, praying for the sick, the Bible says that he quietly would slip away. Interesting. And spend time alone with himself Good. to rejuvenate and to re and to recapture the uh, the strength necessary to stand before God's people. And so that's the lesson that we're going to hear and learn today with regard to this conversation. Yeah, anyone who's benefited from a hospital chaplain and their services to uh, so many people, uh, you'll really appreciate the conversation to come. So that's coming up in just a few moments. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have a resource that we want to put into our listeners' hands. Appropriate enough, it's Cancer Ministry Scriptures. 
a compilation of scriptures that we just simply compiled, put together, uh, that uh, is outlined in a topical format that talks about various different subjects, hope, faithfulness, courage, strength, etc. One of the things, and I'm sure anyone who's listening who's ever been in the ministry has often experienced people saying, Reverend or Pastor, where do you find that scripture? Where's that scripture yet that you mentioned? Well, we know that this also possibly can be true when you're ministering to cancer patients and you you can't quite recall where certain scriptures are. So we thought that we would put together some scriptures for you that would fit under certain categories that will be appropriate when ministering to cancer patients. That will be a quick reference for you. And you have it all outlined in a format that you can quickly access and or make copies of and give to cancer patients and their caregivers. You can read it. You can download it right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You have your own scripture you're going to share with us in just a moment. But let me say that if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider cancer treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have. The phone number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, not only can our listeners download those cancer ministry scriptures right now, but you have one you want to share with us. Absolutely. In lieu of the context of today's conversation around sacrifice and how do we rejuvenate and how do we take better care of ourselves, we start with a spiritual principle found in Matthew 11, 28, 29, that says this, Come unto me, All ye that labor, the word labor today is going to make sense when we hear this conversation, Mm -hmm. and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. The word soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. Today we're going to talk about, in some cases, the the price and the sacrifice of serving God's people and, and supporting them, and how we need to take good care of ourselves when we are those individuals finding ourselves in those situations. Keep those words of Jesus in mind now as Percy brings you our guest today. Wayne, today I have with me Reverend Jeff Paparone. He's been with us before, and and we have uh, so much to talk about, but we're going to talk about something completely different and separate today uh, with Reverend. He is a six-year chaplain at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Phoenix, uh, Arizona, and um, he's got a lot to say. He's got a lot in his heart. God has deposited, I believe, pearls of wisdom in this man and, and with his personality and his energy and his spirit, um, I want to glean and I want this audience to hear some more from this man who has spent a lot of time at the bedside with cancer patients, their caregivers, a former pastor. Uh, he's been out in the field in local church ministry, and he has dedicated his life to uh, the sick and suffering hospice cancer patients. Um, I think that there's more that we can talk about and some things that can be shared that are going to really bless you today. Welcome back to the show, my friend. It's good to be back. Thank you, Pastor Percy. One of the things that I know, Reverend, from a from the perspective of being one who supports people mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually with cancer and their patients is that there is a commitment and an investment. No one can do this type of work and just and just kind of show up and just you know decide okay I'll just be there today to be present 
to be full, mm-hmm. uh, to be resourceful, that requires some investment, some preparation, and dare I say some sacrifice. Yeah. I'd like to hear from you. You're a seasoned, I consider you a seasoned veteran now doing this. Um, how has that impacted you personally, your family life? And when I say impacted, I'm not necessarily saying negatively. Right. What is the cost that you've had to pay to be a chaplain on this level with the passion and the love that you have and the compassion that you give yeah. to cancer patients? I would start by answering the question by, one, um, it's, it's a calling no I, doubt. I, I admit to you, I did not seek this out. Um, I'm thankful that God has led me here. Yeah. Um, but uh, you hit the word sacrifice, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon pretty quickly. Okay. Um, sacrifice, I think, has so many different connotations, so many different meanings. You know. Okay. Uh, depending on life circumstances, whether if you're 20 or if you're 50, it sure. just depends where you're at in life. Yeah. Um, I have an 11 year old and a five and a 15 year old. Okay. Um, I love my boys. Yeah, I love my wife. I know you do. Um, I, I really do. And I tell you something, being away from them, I'm not a multimillionaire, so I have to work, right? Yeah. But I told my uh, colleague this morning, I haven't worked in 12 years. Mm. I did six years in hospice work and six years plus here at uh, CTCA Phoenix. Yeah. And when you talk about sacrifice, I think you nailed it on the head as well. It's about commitment. And so when you sacrifice, and how does that look in a day-to-day uh, uh, lifestyle outcomes with your kids, your your wife, your your family. Um, I've known people where it's cost them their relationships. Yep. Um, because when you come to work, if you will, and you meet ten patients, let's say on any given day, yep. you are swallowing. You are taking in uh, stories of hope, sure, but you're also taking in stories of sorrow and yeah, pain and yeah. suffering. Yep. And so. When you come to work, you need to be prepared. And so whether if that's devotion time, you name it. However you fill yourself with God's Spirit, right. it's very important. That's probably the number one step you first need to take in okay. order to sacrifice. In order to give, you have to receive from the Lord. Yeah. However, when you go through your day <laughs> and you're processing your patients' lives, and literally their lives, life and death, um, it's difficult. My main issue, and I admit to you, I struggle with it. Okay, is going home and leaving, if you will, work at work and uh, getting home and being with my boys and my wife. Yeah, I don't know how to master that, and I, I'm hopefully not being too transparent, but it, that's what I've experienced. Okay, it's difficult, and when you see marriages fall apart, I'm not a counselor just to the patients. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times probably yourself counseled stakeholders Absolutely. to where. Marriages are falling apart. Yep. Kids are falling apart because mom and dad are home because they're giving their lives to yep. cancer patients. Yep. Let's let's put a pin in our conversation, and we'll come right back in a moment to that, Reverend. But one of the best things that I ever did while in chaplaincy was to attend a conference that basically addressed uh, the very issue that you raised with regard to self-care uh, for those who take care of people who are suffering and hurting 
uh, nurses, doctors, social workers, and, and most certainly chaplains uh, were all in attendance at this particular conference. And, you know, uh, I've gone to a lot of conferences, and I've often uh, come back not quite as inspired as the brochure suggested that I would. Uh, but this was one that really gave me pause and made me think about how to start developing a line of delineation between ministry and home, to your point. Uh, there's actually published research available that speaks to the rigors of providing compassion ministry to others. Right. Uh, one such study that I'd like to cite here can be located at uh, researchgate.net and is entitled The Cost of Caring, Emotional Labor, Well-Being, and the Clergy. This study suggests that clergy experience working conditions that can be identified as emotional labor. And I'd never heard that term before. Uh, the findings of this study suggest that clergy routine, routinely perform emotional labor. Moreover, evidence has been provided that members of the clergy who perform emotional labor more frequently and intensely uh, and who perceive dissonance or a tension or clash between emotions that are genuinely felt and those that they believe are required for the job tend to report more psychological distress and less intrinsic job satisfaction. This supports and extends previous research that has highlighted the emotional demands inherent in ministry work and their potential uh, stressful nature. Previous research conducted with other caring professional groups suggests that the effort involved in regulating personal emotions and managing the emotions of others will, over a long term, compromise psychological well-being. This was characterized by depression, anxiety, memory and concentration difficulties, and sleeping problems, thus emphasizing the potential wide-ranging impact on clergy of fulfilling the emotional demands of pastoral care. It is very compelling reading because one can be so engulfed in the world of giving and supporting others that they're not actually paying attention to their own personal health and well-being. Yep. And so um, and it was very prolific of some of the, the strategies that they gave to help individuals to begin to become more intentional with separation of when you walk away from your work and your ministry and when you need to go home. And so you're exactly right. And we may be talking to someone who actually may be listening. I know that there are other chaplains that listen to the show, uh, et cetera, or, or, or professional health care uh, providers that, you know, uh, we need to take care of ourselves and we need to make sure that we're conscious about taking care of our families, too. Yeah, you know, I'm reminded of, uh, you know, the story behind my first comment was this. I received a, uh, gosh, it was a Facebook post probably five months ago now, but a friend of mine who I worked with, one of the best nurses I worked with in hospice, mm. great lady, great heart, uh, full of compassion. Yeah. One of her colleagues, and I don't remember what state, it doesn't yeah. matter now, but yeah. one of her colleagues, the nurse, committed suicide. Mm. And I think about that. Yeah. I mean... Because you give and you give and you give, and I don't know the circumstances behind right. that, but based on what I know, the work, the environment, the stress, you know, the sacrifice, sure. it took a toll on her. Yeah, and I think about that, and so point is, self care. You hit it yourself. I'm gonna hit it as well. Self care is so important. It's huge. Why don't we do that? Yeah. I mean, I told my boss when I was hired here, you will never have to tell me <laughs> to use my PTO. Okay. <laughs> my personal time off. Got it. 
vacation time. Yeah. And if I'm sick, I'm going to stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, how are we going to take care of others? Yeah. Well, again, it's the same principle with regard to what we teach um, uh, to caregivers. You know, you can't be a good caregiver if you're not caring for yourself, first of all. And you're not really of any value and benefit long term to the people that you're trying to support and serve. And I would say the same principle is true with regard to this analogy at the end of the day. You cannot give what you do not have. You cannot draw from an empty well. And ultimately, you know, one can get to a place of burnout, mental, emotional, physical exasperation. And we have to just we have to know what our triggers are and where our our lines of demarcation are and or. Or maybe this is a good point for someone that will help someone out here. Maybe also uh, having someone, a friend, a colleague that can help us stay accountable to ourselves. It's like, listen, hey, Jeff, man, looks like you're turning and burning a little harder than normal, man. I'm going to call you on the carpet. Hey, man, let's go catch a football game or let's go That's hiking right. or let's go fishing or something. You need a break. and cause, Because sometimes, Reverend, I don't know if particularly – type A personalities and I know right. you are a type A and I am a uber type A at the end of the day. And a plus. A, absolutely. And at the end of the day, it is hard for us to turn that in the, the ignition key off because yeah. we are just turning and burning. We're yeah. overachievers. You know, we're going to climb the highest mountain quicker than anyone else. And we're not going to let anybody tell us we can't do that even if that's to our detriment sometimes. So having someone that we can put into our lives to be sort of like an accountability coach to help us stay true to ourselves. What are some of the things that you are or have attempted to do? And I would imagine, I know for me, for example, uh, I've given my wife permission to just shout me down. And you know, my wife is five foot nothing and I'm six four. And she will get in my grill and she'll be like, listen, I'm shouting you down right now. And I give her permission to do that because sometimes I have blinders on and I'm just not paying attention to what I'm doing until, you know, you crash and burn. What are some of the things that maybe you are doing or attempting to do or you'd like to share with someone that maybe will help them who who would also benefit from that? You've earned PTO, vacation time, right? Yeah. Use it. Yep. That's one. You Why not? Take your I don't time. understand why people don't use it. <laughs> I like what you said about your wife holding you accountable. Yeah. Um, my wife and my boys actually hold me accountable. Okay. My boys have known for their lives kind of what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, my 15-year-old, when he was three, said he wanted to be like his daddy, and which scared me. I'm like, what? <laughs> He said, he, said, he said, honestly, it's when I worked in hospice, he, he said, I want to sick wow. or I, I want to visit sick people. Wow. But point is, now they're 15, 11, yeah. they're of age to understand it. Yeah. They can hold me accountable. But I think the main point is, is this. I've got a couple brothers um, who I know at a drop of a hat I can call. Yeah. One in particular used to work at CTCA here in Phoenix, and he left, but we still talk weekly. Yep. Play golf weekly. Good. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> Often as we can. Yeah, okay. As much as possible. But... We have a new chaplain here, Chaplain Bob. And I tell you something, to be able to sit down 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 5 o'clock, because we work 10-hour days. Yeah. And to be able to sit with him and process the day, process an appointment, right. process a death, process a victory. Yeah. Right? Because there's emotions in the victory and as well. And decompress that. And decompress that. I think if you would ask my wife now, mm. about the last nine months have been better. Because I've got somebody to talk to. Because I don't want to take that stuff home no. every day. No, no. 
I can't. Yeah, yeah, you and know, it's, so, it's it's yeah. an important it's an important yeah. thing to do. And so again, as your brother, you know, uh, though we're we're almost across the country from each other, I'll try to hold you accountable yeah. too. Every once in a while, I'll be like, Reverend, have you taken some time <laughs> off? Are you taking care of yourself? Because I need you where you are, man, and we need you where you are because you yeah. do phenomenal work. Well, On the you. same uh, notion with regard to this discussion, with just we have we have about four or five minutes left here. Um, what are some of the other things you think? Um, you've had to sacrifice or commit to the work that you do. Obviously time, obviously um, mental and emotional investment. Um, Have you ever felt, Reverend, and we can be transparent Mm -hmm. on the show, part of the beauty of this show is that we keep it real here. We keep it so real on this show. Is Have you ever um, at times walked away from a scenario and said, man, Lord, I don't know where you are in this situation. I'm struggling today. Have you ever walked away from this situation, one of your deals, and one of your days, and said, I'm struggling? Yeah. I'm struggling. Um, I learned from a previous chaplain here, Nick Hill. I'm going to shout him out. Shout out to Nick. Great guy. I love my friend. He is a good guy. Um, But he would say this, and I totally agree with him. On the worst days, we felt like we can offer nothing. Yeah. Maybe the heart's not right. Maybe there was an argument at home, whatever the case might be, because... Life is life. Stuff happens. And when we would hold each other accountable, when we would say a prayer with each other, mm. it'd be the best day. Wow. It's a rare occasion, to answer your question more full, uh, more fully, is that it's a rare occasion that I've walked out of a patient's room thinking, where were you, God? Yeah. Um, Nick and previous chaplains I worked with in hospice taught me never go into a situation unprepared. Makes sense? Makes sense. Unprepared, unprepared. Yeah. Never, always go into a situation, prayer, pray it up. Yep. Let God lead. See, my problem being type A, I would assume, as most people, I want to be in control. Absolutely. I want to drive a car. Drives my wife crazy. I want to drive. I want to drive. But I think that can be one of our greatest assets, yeah. too, because yeah. it does drive us. Yeah. Um, hopefully, not to get ahead of the Lord. But again, if we're prayed up, we're human. Yeah. And if I can get my humanity out of the way and get the Lord kind of in the way, if you will, sure, it makes so much difference. I mean, the most impossible situations. Again, a, a 30-year-old dying. I can't do anything about that. Yeah, you can't. But one thing we have not touched upon is ministry of presence. Okay. I can be present. I can be there. I can hold their hand. Chaplain Nick talk, taught me another thing. Before he'd go into any room, he'd, he'd pray Luke 12, 12. Mm. At the very moment, God will give you the words you need to speak. Yeah. And I want to take that one step further. If you pray that prayer, and if he doesn't give you any words, then be quiet. Just hold hands. Be present in a room. And I'm telling you what, that's, I hate to use this analogy, but that's paid off. Got it. More than anything that I've probably ever said. Be quiet. And just be present. Well, it's true. I've, I've often said the greatest ability that anyone can bring to a scenario where we're trying to invite the presence of God is yeah. our availability. That's it. You know, I've That's learned right. long time ago I wasn't the smartest guy. I wasn't, you know, whatever. But I knew how to get in the back seat of the car and let God drive. Yeah. And you're exactly right. Uh, it's amazing when we do that and when we yield to that. 
what the ministry of the Holy Spirit can do and what he will deposit in us to give us what we need to say just at a moment's notice. There have been times I've walked out of patient's room. I'm like, I don't even know where that came from. I was just going to say that. Yeah, like where did it? I wasn't I didn't have anything written, but I was pre-prayed and I was ready to yield and say, Lord, you're driving the bus, but I'm willing to step in and be present and allow you to work through me on today. And I think that that probably is the big takeaway at the end of the day of the real sacrifice and commitment that anyone can make in those in in, in ministering or uh, supporting the sick and suffering is just be willing to be there and let God use you. Because at the end of the day, I think what the big thing is, uh, is for people who, you said your humanity, our ego and our arrogance, yeah. because we want to take credit for what happened in the meeting. And at the end of the day, I, this, this is not about me. It's not about you. It's not about anyone. It's about the ministry of being present. My wife has said this. May I close with this, at least you my may. final point? Yes, please. Is it important to be right, or is it important to be in a right relationship? Mm. I don't need to be right. And I'm still learning that, but I don't need to be right. Yeah. But I need to be in a right relationship with God and with people. And when that God. happens, so that's not my nugget of wisdom. That's my wife. 20 years in March, my friend. Well. Yeah. But it's wisdom, right? Don't be right. Just be in right relationship. Well, on that note, we're going to give a shout out to Mrs. Paparon. We love you, and thank you for dropping them pearls of wisdom to to our our brother, the man of God. You've heard today from Reverend Jeff Paparone. Man, I could talk to you all day, and I wish that I could. I love you to life and not to death, brother, and I know you know that. And uh, my heart uh, rejoices in who you are and what you are and what you do. Thank you uh, for allowing me to be a team member of yours, man. It's a real joy to work with you. Thank you, brother. All right. Bless you. That's Reverend Jeff Pepperon, uh, chaplain at CTCA, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Have a great day. Recorded earlier in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, Percy, you can bring Jeff to this program anytime you want. He is my friend and my brother, and I will be more than willing to do that for yeah, sure. We're going to talk more about what the two of you talked about here in just a moment. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Tulsa, and Phoenix, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Just visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more. Or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists by calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And we had kind of an insider's look at that spiritual support here today, didn't we? Absolutely. We we heard from a healthcare professional, in this particular case, a hospital chaplain, who I also share and understand the burden of, if you will, the day-to-day grind, uh, mental, emotional, in some cases maybe even physical, of providing support emotionally and spiritually 
uh, to patients at the bedside. We read some data that I thought was very informative that helped us learn some new language. Yeah, there was a phrase you used. What was the phrase? It was emotional labor. I've never heard that before. Yeah, you know, one of the things growing up, my mom used to tell me, she, you know, uh, from a very meager beginning, she said, listen, you don't want to be a common laborer on the street having to work with your hands and your muscles for 20, 30 years. Uh, And so she said, go to school, get an education. That way you can use your brain. Sounds like a mom. Yep, but (laughs) in, in the capacity with respect to uh, the vocation of being a chaplain and a minister, I'm, we may not be using our physical muscles, but we are using our emotional muscle. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of heavy lifting, if you will. And that and that data information helped us to understand that there is emotional labor that can become tiresome and that can wear us out and wear us down mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that we need to understand and recognize and be able to walk away from and separate from time to time. I didn't get any sense you guys... Either Either one of you were complaining about it. Not it's at just all. something to be aware of it is. And, and self-protect against. I've often been asked, man, don't you get tired of your work? And I've often told people I never get tired of my work, but I have gotten tired in, in my work. Yes, uh-huh. And there is a distinct difference. And so with that, uh, that's what we've talked. We had a very candid conversation around how do we better take care of ourselves, understanding that there is a sacrifice uh, and that we, you know, some things that has to be done in order to to do this type of ministry and then uh, holding ourselves accountable, allowing other people to hold us accountable so that ultimately long term we can we can be prepared uh, to do this day in and day out, that our families don't sacrifice uh, a struggle, uh, that our children, our marriages, uh, our own personal health doesn't, you know, go south of the border because uh, and I believe Paul said it best this way, you know, lest I become a shipwreck myself. <laughs> you know, I need to look at some things about me and understand some dynamics about me. Well, we too are humans that need to understand we need to rest, we need to rejuvenate, and we need to separate ourselves from time to time from our work and allow God to rejuvenate our spirits. And that is certainly true from a chaplain's perspective. That's so very important, Percy. Uh, the other thing that Jeff mentioned, which really meant a lot to me, was the importance of presence. Yeah, well, again, one of the key foundational uh, principles of chaplaincy, not necessarily quote-unquote ministry, uh, as we understand it from a preaching and from a pastoring perspective that you are taught is, again, understanding the power of presence. Uh, In many cases, not necessarily all cases, but many cases, what patients need, want, and desire is not so much a verbal engagement and encounter, but being able to just bring the presence of peace, the presence of calm. Sometimes not even words. Yeah, exactly. Just the presence of, again, the Holy Spirit there uh, embodied in an individual. I used to often tease my wife. I said, you know, I can actually, I can hypnotize you just with my presence. You know, I can put you to sleep. (laughs) And she was like, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, again, just kind of changing the temperature of the room, if you will, by, again, allowing the ministry of the Spirit of God working through you to provide an environment of peace and calm and presence. So I've seen people uh, drift off to sleep and who are racked in pain, who absolutely, because of a quiet touch of the hand or a gentle stroke uh, on their on their head, that they simply relaxed and, re- and, 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 and then got into a, a very different mode. So being present does not necessarily require us to say anything or to say yes, much. Yes, yes. Important lessons. And it was so fruitful to hear the two of you talk as, as men who are hospital chaplains who really deeply care about people. 
And at the end of the day, there's something to be said about the fraternity of chaplains. I tell people <laughs> I that it. all the time. It's a great camaraderie and a great club to be in. So uh, thanks to my brother and my friend, Reverend Jeff, who shared from his heart today uh, how he works through the dynamics of decompressing and going home and separating himself from his work so that he can rejuvenate and then be present for patients when he needs to do that. Well, you don't have to be a chaplain to appreciate Scripture and uh, have Scripture ready to use uh, when the Spirit prompts. So that's why we put together Cancer Ministry Scriptures, a list that can help you. Maybe you can even download this to your smartphone, your iPad, your computer, and take it with you on the go. Absolutely. And then use that, uh, share that with individuals, provide it to others so that you will always have it readily available where you can access scriptures that will be appropriate uh, for scenarios and situations while ministering to cancer patients. Well, we're going to wrap this up today, Percy, but I so appreciate uh, all that you do here on the program and all the information, all the guests that you bring to us. Let's circle back on that scripture you used at the beginning of the program today. And so as we close, as we began, now we understand the scripture a little bit better. Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor. Remember, we talked about from a, a, a emotional research, labor. Emotional yeah. labor. There is such a thing. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. This scripture is helping us to understand that there are times that we must break away and separate ourselves from the the hustle and bustle of ministry, of life, and engaging, and begin to come to God and to the Lord and allow Him to give us rest unto our souls so that we can come back and that we can serve others and be ready to serve others in a very meaningful way. It's been good to spend this time together. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Health, Hope, and Inspiration by telling others about this podcast. Health, Hope, and Inspiration.com to subscribe. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McRae. Percy, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Blessings to everyone. And remember, keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do. Join us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.